0: Hello, everybody, welcome back to Big On The Inside, the new Who Doctor Who Watch On podcast. I'm very excited to introduce to you a new interview episode. It's been a while since we've done one of these. This is the newest Doctor Who cast member we have ever spoken to, and I was so excited. I am, of course, talking about Johnny Mavers. If you've been watching Doctor Who Flux, then of course you saw Johnny as Passenger. In the next half an hour or so, we talk about everything Doctor Who Flux. We talk about filming during the pandemic, working with Mandip and Jodie the response from fans, the costume, and even a little bit of Star Wars right at the beginning. I'm the Doctor.
1: I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet in the constellation of Gasterborath. I hope the ears are a bit less conspicuous this time. You might be a Doctor, but I am a I'm a Doctor. Mm-hmm. There's probably nothing i looks better. Absolutely fantastic. All of time and space, everything that ever happened
0: or ever will, where do you want to start? Okay, so before we talk about Doctor Who, I was having a look online, and when I Google your name, surprisingly, Doctor Who isn't one of the first things that, that comes up. It's Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> can we talk a little bit about the, the, the hunt to be Chewbacca? What was that like?
1: We, we can. So, oh. It started as a... There was an advert on the radio that they were looking for a seven-foot-three person to be in a film that they guessed was the next Star Wars. And my yeah. mum and dad phoned me up and were like, you should go for that. And I was like, don't be daft. That's just that's so silly. <laughs> if, what if it's Chewbacca? Well, it might be Chewbacca, but it probably is Chewbacca. You know, Peter Mayhew was getting into his 70s at the time, so it was like, you know... and um. I was sat on the sofa top of my dad, and then I put the phone down. My wife was like, What's that all about? I went, Oh, well, they they were talking about me auditioning for this potential Chewbacca role. So then Beth started looking it up. And then the next thing you know, I've got this invite to get Johnny into Star Wars Episode 7 fan page, been made yeah. by the wife. And we sort of sat there, and like, after like, I don't know, about an hour or so, it clocked up like over 100 followers. And we were like, Oh, that was. That was quick. (laughs) And then the next morning, it was like over a 1,000. And then the Metro phoned us up, and they wanted to do a story. And then that led on to, like, you know, BBC News picking it up, and they wanted a story. So I was, like, on BBC Radio. And then it just kind of started snowballing, but not, like, big, but just it was starting to gather and gather. Local papers. The local paper where my mum and dad live, they turned up on doorstep (laughs) saying, you know, is your son trying to be the next chewbacca? <laughs> and then so then I was like, maybe this this could be a thing. So people are starting to tweet it and people are starting to put it on Facebook and Instagram and gone as well. Um I thought let's let's try and find out properly. So then I had a an old friend, like old, old friend from like pri- like primary school friend, yeah, message me and he's kind of in the biz. And he was like do you want me to get you the email address of the casting director (laughs) I was like yes do that that'll be ace thank you very much so I'd emailed the casting director and then I'd had an email back and there was a little bit of emailing going on and it was it hadn't turned into a thing but they were in there was an interest yeah um and that was all that was all cool and it was just kind of building and I got this phone call from a, a local radio station and they were like we want to know more about you playing the role of Chewbacca. I went. I'm not. I'm not playing Chewbacca. I'm trying to get the role of Chewbacca. I said, it's all kind of rolling at the moment, you know, uh, just kind of leave it. But, you know, I'm happy to talk to you if you want. Okay, well, we'll arrange something for another day. I said, that's fine. And then they phoned back, like, two days later and, and literally had a go at me on the phone going, you lied. You told us you had the role. I said, no, 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 I never said I had the role. You kept saying I had the role. Well, yeah. we've we've checked now, and and Lucasfilm are saying they don't know anything about you. I was like, "What do you mean you've checked with Lucasfilm?" And they're like, "We've been phoning Lucasfilm. We've been phoning these people. We've been phoning that." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, this is bad." <laughs> and on the next day, I got an email from the casting director's office saying that they were no longer interested in me for the part.
0: Oh wow! And so that was, was like, a quick turnaround. So that
1: was a bit of a a bit of a kicker. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: whether it was anything to do with that radio station's heavy involvement on trying to find that information, I don't know.
0: Yeah,
1: but it just kind of went, and that and that was that was it really. But I mean, it, it got me facing the papers and on the radio, yeah. and I think I had like two weeks of just bombarded with interviews and papers, and um, funnily enough, way more than the Doctor Who stuff. Oh wow! Okay, maybe it's just because Star Wars, but yeah, I don't know. But like you know, podcasts and. Apparently I was on a TV show in America. There was like a picture <laughs> of my face popped up on a screen and they were talking about me and I was like, I never saw that. But I mean, um, but I met quite a lot of really nice people through that and, and people now that are really behind what I'm doing with who. So that's kind of, that's been kind of a bonus. Yeah, I know so, um, yeah, we spoke not, a little bit. Not just, exactly what I wanted.
0: Yeah. I know we spoke a little bit a moment ago just before we hit record about like the interaction with fans and stuff like that. And like, it seems strange that like, you would have thought, I understand like they want to keep the secrecy and stuff, but like publicity is publicity, isn't it? And like a little bit of fun, like local publicity and stuff I, like I that. think
1: So now, now on my experience with Dr. Who, my understanding of how it all works is a lot, lot better. Yeah. And I think that whole thing about knowing what part you are and knowing what you're going to be is huge, mm. you know, and, and, Hovians are some of the best for digging the dirt. I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, you know, Hovians <laughs> are good at scratching in there and getting the uh, getting the detail out. And it was like, you know, you can't really talk about this stuff because they don't want anything to leak. Mm. The smallest thing could spoil something bigger. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the same with like Star Wars or any big production. It's like if you one thing gets out. So the concept that the seven foot guy from Western Supermare is going to be the next Chewbacca. Might have just been a bit too much because it's a bit too noticeable when I disappear. Oh, he's not in town this week, right? Um, okay, so yeah, in, yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, whereas like with with the Doctor Who stuff, there was two bonuses to that. <laughs> one, we're in the middle of a major pandemic, so no one was going outside <laughs> anywhere. And and two, it was very clear from like early days, you know, you, you don't tell anyone about this. Yeah. Because, you know, when it went from being a walk-on part to a, you're now a named role, mm. that changed the ball quite a bit. And then all okay. the, the legal paperwork turns up, you know, like we're going to cut off your hands and boil you in a vat of oil and stuff if you let letting it loose. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, now I'm going to understand that's better. I think, yeah, publicity is publicity and that's all, all great. But I think mm. what they always try and do is keep stuff under wraps for, for really good reasons, you know. And, and like I said, Hoovians are really good at scratching away at things to get the detail out. And there's been theories all over the spot over the last yeah. couple of months about what this series was all about. I mean, I didn't even know it was called Flux, and I'm in it. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you know, they kept everything really tight because people were coming up with all these theories about, you know. Am I Omega? Am I the the, the the Black Shadow or whatever it was? Is, mm. is this coming back? Oh, is the Master in it? it? It was just bombarding, bombarding. Who were who were these two weird looking aliens with crystals sticking out of their head? You know, it was all like
0: <laughs> coming, yeah. people
1: coming up with all these theories, and it was like, it, it, and that's really cool. That really generates a lot of buzz for when the series comes out. But yeah. luckily, not too many secrets actually got out. A couple yeah. of little ones I noticed. Well, some people were very close. I mean, really close. <laughs> um, so I quite enjoyed watching the YouTube videos. It was cool.
0: I was going to say, I think when I think when they filmed with the Sontarans and the Weeping Angels, there was a few photos that appeared online. And we spoke about them on the show because we sort of knew what those characters were going to be. But I remember seeing an image of Passenger in Liverpool at the bottom of the stairs. And John Bishop, and I'm, I can't remember the name of the place, Diana, sat on the stairs. Nadia. Yeah, and I remember looking and going, what the, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and, like, obviously, like, people originally going, it's like the two version of Thanos. But I remember, like, we just didn't talk yeah. about it because we had oh, no I idea had, what was I going had, on.
1: <laughs> I had all sorts of comments on Twitter when those pictures weren't live. And it was literally, like, I walked out on set without the costume on and did a rehearsal. Mm. None of the Hoobians that were there who were taking photographs played a blind bit of nerve to me. <laughs> I really do think they thought I was a security guard. I think the security guards thought I was a security guard. <laughs> and then when I went back in and got the costume and I walked out, I could just hear them. It was almost like I walked out of this like gazebo tent they dressed me in. And I walked out and just suddenly I just heard this.
0: <gasps> yeah.
1: And then lots and lots of like fumbling and then flashes were going like this. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, uh, okay, I'm taking photographs. So I just got in position, and I did my bit, and then um, that was it. And it was literally like ten minutes later, I'd taken the mask off, and I was I went to have a coffee, and one of the crew were like, "You're on Twitter already. You've got to see the comments." And it was like, <laughs> "What's this? He's enormous!" Like, I'm, you know, the, the Thanos and Darkseid's love child. Yeah. I mean, there was some <laughs> slightly rude stuff on there as well, and it was like, okay, um, but yeah, it generated pretty pretty good buzz. I mean. Um, that Liverpool shoot was a bit of a leak. Like, once people saw me, they knew something new was coming. Yeah. Until that point, it'd been obvious, you know, but, yeah. So, sometimes I wonder if they did that on purpose, because they didn't try and cover me up. Uh, you know okay. I mean? there's no, like, putting, putting screens <laughs> up front so they couldn't see me. It's just like, ah, oh, well, just, just stick him out there. Yeah. Once they got a photograph of him, they'll leave it alone. Yeah. But I can tell you a little secret about that shoot. Go for it. And you're, you're going to love it. Um... <laughs> I was sat, after I'd done that, I'd done the first bit and I'd walked back, I waited for like nearly four hours from the first shot I did until the last shot. So my my final bit of shooting was like nearly at midnight at night. Okay. And um, I was sat on this wall having a coffee and this person just appeared next to me. <laughs> and I started talking, but they had a bobble on, a big coat and a mask. Yeah. And I'm like, and it was Mandip. Oh. I was like, I didn't even... I didn't even recognize her. She went, I'm not really meant to be here. She went, but I was bored. So I thought I'd come down and say hello. And it was like, oh, okay. But all the people in the crowd were like looking for Jodie or Mandip. Yeah. And she was literally sat on the wall right next to me and no one knew she was there. And I just thought it was brilliant. So it was just like just a bit of a joke between us that Mandip sat there and they were all looking for her. And she was, right
0: here. was there a lot of attention then from fans when filming? Like, how is that? Because I imagine it's. It's probably quite intimidating at some points because you cause you know that they're fans. It's you know if you put a TARDIS up or an alien, people are going to work out quite quickly what what you're filming.
1: And, and you know they're fans because some people were in full full on cosplay. I yeah. mean Full on, like you know, I saw I saw quite a lot of you know scarves. I saw I saw one guy who was in an absolutely like like stitch perfect Jodie costume. I mean, wow! Amazing, absolutely yeah, amazing um But I sort of got. I arrived in this car, and you, obviously it's an open set. It's, it's in the middle of the street. It's not like it was closed off. Mm. And and it was just like um there was loads of them. There was just loads of people everywhere. They were on the walls. They were sat on them. On the other bit, they were sat on the floor. They were standing around. I was like, oh my god, they're everywhere. Where which bit? Where are we filming at? And they went, oh, we're filming right there. And it was like, and until we actually started filming. We everyone was just kind of left there. It was when we started filming that they moved them back and put a barrier up. Mm. It's not like you want them to go away, but you, you know you need them to be out of the way so yeah. that it doesn't affect the shot. Um, but then on, on like other sets, um, someone must have heard something because we did um, a shoot. I think it's in episode five where Swarm and Azure where all the all the refugees are and they suck them all into those energy mm. matrices. Yeah. That was filmed in an abbey up in Wales somewhere. Yeah, okay, and, uh, yeah. Someone must have leaked summer because, <laughs> because when we got out of the cars, there was just like about 10 people there just like waiting with cameras. Just like all right. absolutely. <laughs> and it was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to go and get in behind all the screens and stuff. And then we were trying to do a rehearsal and we're sort of looking through the abbey window. which is like a ruin. And there's just like someone there trying to like get a camera up. <laughs> and it was like just move back so we can yeah. get pictures of Sam and Machenda. So um yeah, not not intrusive, but there was there was quite a few fans around. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of cool.
0: What was your so, history um, with the show before? You know, I had, but, was you a fan are you a fan of Doctor Who before you watched it or is it one of these things that you've I, sort I, of learned about since joining it?
1: I liked Doctor Who when I was a kid. Yeah. i said this I said this previously on other things like when I was a kid it was like Peter Davison and Colin Baker. Mm-hmm. Never identified with them. All the stuff I used to watch was all the Tom Baker reruns. Um, I had a load of Tom Baker ones on VHS, and they were they were the ones I kind of identified with. I just he's Doctor Who in my head. You know? Yeah, That's my kids Doctor Who, um, and Pyramids from Mars is like my favourite story out of the lot. But I kind of watched a bit of the Sylvester McCoy stuff. I watched the reboot. You know, when mm. I started, um, I almost ruined an entire shot of the reboot as well because um <laughs> i was working the door in cardiff at that time and i hadn't noticed they blocked off the road so i went down a side alley and ended <laughs> up walking in front of the shopping center that they were pretending was a tube surrounded by autons eating my chips oh actually the like, very first audience. episode <laughs> yeah yeah and i was like get off the set i was like oh, what oh hello right I better, better move um so i watched that and that was that was kind of cool but then I just kind of felt, just fell off the wagon with it a bit. And then when Jody came in, I was interested. I thought I've got to watch this. I've got to watch it. Mm. And then watched a couple, and it was like, okay. When I got the part, it was like I really need to get up to speed now. You know, mm. this, at least get up to speed with what, what Jody's doctor's been up to until you know, because I don't know how it affects what I'm doing in this story or not. So, um, but now I'm stuck in it, that's it. I'm going. Yeah. I think I'm going to go back to the start. And my thing is always if I get into something. I have to go back to where it began yeah, and work my way right through. yeah. So I think I've got a lot to do. I? It's <laughs> what, like 50 odd years. Yeah, got, Well, it depends got, how far
0: yeah, back you want to go. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you can to go back to the reboot or right back.
1: Oh, I'll go right back. I'll go right back. I'll, okay, yeah. right back, right I'll speak to you
0: in a couple of years, though, and see how that's going.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I want to doctor to two <laughs> um, how did you find <laughs> out how did you find out about the role that because is, was it something that just because you're not an actor are you, you, you like, what's your background originally
1: so uh, long 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 time ago um, I got a degree in animation okay. um, I went to university uh, in Newport South Wales, mm. um, got a degree in animation, left uni, moved to Cardiff, where a lot of film stuff was happening at the time, uh, had a little film business going, things were going to, not too bad, things didn't then go too good, <laughs> um, started doing door work as a kind of uh, you know, cash in my pocket kind of job, Yeah. just to keep things going, door work turned into security work. Security and door work turned into me wanting to find something a little bit more rewarding, and mm-hmm. I was finding that I was spending a lot of time with, you know, when you work security or those kind of jobs, you end up running into people who are repeat offenders and things like that. Yeah, I tend to like talking to people, so i was starting to realise there was a lot of these, a lot of people that just seemed to be getting themselves in a rut, can't get out of it, and gone the wrong way, and that's not necessarily always their fault i there's an advert in the back of the paper looking for prison officers. So I was like, that's a good job. Let's go and do that. So I became a prison officer. Um, and I was a prison officer for eight and a half years. Um, it was it was a difficult eight and a half years, I'm not going to lie. It, it really had a, an, an adverse effect on me. And um, I just kind of decided, it, you know, after the time I'd done, it wasn't really for me. Um, mm. I just didn't like the way it was working. So, But I wanted to do something rewarding. Um, so I came out of the service, um, spent like 12 months doing a couple of bits and pieces. And then this job came up working with young people as a housing manager. So I did that for a year. And then Live West, the company I work for, I had another role coming up, which is tenancy Sustainment Team Leader. So basically, tenancy Sustainment is we work with all the general rented tenants who are in social housing in our houses who get into difficulties and we try and help them through it yeah so it's quite a rewarding task trying to get people you know sort out their problems help them with their bills you know try and get them out of debt all that kind of stuff that's the kind of things we do and even down to like especially during the pandemic you know when people weren't able to get shopping or sort out you know things like that we stepped in to help you know we, yeah we had a big we had a big sort of lump in the charity fund that we could use and we we helped a lot of people through covid so i, I found that really rewarding so <laughs> I kind of stepped into, after the Chewbacca thing, I did tread the boards. I got offered a part as Lurch in the Adams Family, which was quite funny because I'm always backstage. I build sets and do yeah. stage management for local theatre companies. And I got asked to be Lurch and I was like, there's no singing, is there? <laughs> and he went, no, no, there's no singing. He said, there's a bit of singing. I said, how much singing? He went, just a little bit in the chorus at the end. Nothing major. You'll be all right. Okay did a script read through the first day and I realised that I had the finale solo. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> and I've never sung, I've been in bands, I've played bass and never sung yeah. in front of anybody, let alone 600 people in a theatre. So um, I had to basically learn how to sing, but I had to learn how to sing like Lurch, which is kind of a bit like a cross between like typo negative and the Muppets, if you can imagine <laughs> that, it's kind of like in between that. You know, bit of bit of bit of goth metal, bit of you know the count, yeah. kind of thing. And um, so I did that, and then I thought that's that's me done. I ain't gonna get anything else. And then it it was on Facebook. Creative Casting put a post on Facebook. They were looking for someone over six foot ten. Yeah. And it was just like someone tagged me in it. Give it a go. Send him a message. Next thing you know, just phone calls, as messages. Me sending videos. We'll get back to you you've got to say yes to this part. Okay, what is it? We can't tell you to you say yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> You're going to be passenger in Doctor Who. Yeah. Great. Don't know what a passenger is. I haven't got a Scooby. <laughs> Let's just do it anyway. It's fine. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, that, that's how it happened. It was just a sim- I was just right place, right time. You know? Yeah. Really glad it happened. Really that's, glad it happened. Yeah.
0: So, I've like, I've just, I'm a film student at Hull, Hull University, and I'm right. noticing a lot of, yeah I get a lot of work or a lot of like opportunities come in through stuff on Facebook and Facebook groups, so it's quite nice to know that um, you know like things can quite ha- easily lead to dr who <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I, yeah I mean I mean creative casting seems to like cater for a wide market of productions in in South Wales, and yeah. there's a lot happening in South Wales at the moment you know they, they you know they they're trying to keep it quiet, but they really haven't, they're filming willow. Yeah. The new TV series in Wales. They try to keep it quiet for a bit, it didn't work. No. <laughs> um obviously they filmed sex education in Wales. They actually filmed sex education in the in the building that used to be my university. So oh, I right. find that quite funny to watch. Because I'm watching it going, that's not a cafeteria. That was yeah. a textiles room. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so you know, there's lots of stuff. So creative casting, like they do Lots of like shows that they're involved in, and they always put their posts up on on, on their Facebook page. Like you know, they're looking for whatever. It'll mm. be this for casualty. They've just done loads of um extras, work, and featured roles for a new Tom Hardy movie that's coming out, Havoc. Mm. So there is stuff out there, and, and Facebook, and you know, Facebook seems to be one of the places where you can find stuff like that quite easily yeah. now. Yeah, um it's quite accessible. So and mm. there's there's hundreds of people. There's hundreds of people on their books. I suppose you just got to be the right fit for the right thing. Luckily, there's not many of me about. So i you know <laughs> But yeah. I won't get the normal run of the mill jobs, I don't reckon. But yeah. you know, the the big scary bloke ones I'll probably be all right
0: Yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned yeah. it um yeah, earlier when we uh, when talk about mandif, you know, people wouldn't recognise with the mask on. How was filming with like in COVID? How was that? Was did you was you aware of any uh like changes to stories? Was did was you aware of anything that had to be adapted because of uh Because I I know that the series was reduced to six episodes because of COVID, and a lot of people kind of saying that should be the new normal. now. People really seem to like the condensed sort of storytelling of the series, but was you aware of anything that was sort of changed around?
1: I know that at one point there was talk of it it was meant to be eight episodes. Yeah. Which had been reduced because of COVID. Mm. Um, I I wasn't aware it had been reduced to six until after I'd, I'd filmed uh the bit that you guys saw last night which is me absorbing the flux you're all very welcome i've saved the universe um but um (laughs) but um yeah i I think they had to do a lot of changes because of covid there was a lot of like i know there was bits and pieces talked about and we can't do that because of this and then obviously you've always got the fear that someone's going to actually get covid who's yeah. the main part of the, the cast of the crew. So then everything's got to stop, you know. It's not like you can replace Mandip or Jody or, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I was aware that things were changed because of COVID, but I don't think it, it necessarily had an effect on the story that was told. It might have just changed the way it was presented. Okay. Um, you know, because was, there was bits that I know... And I, I'll never say, because they'll, they'll chop me fingers. <laughs> but there was bits I know that I filmed that weren't in the series. Okay. Now, from a storytelling point of view, I don't think they would have made a lot of difference. You know, I don't think it, it added to what mm. you guys have seen. Um, but I think that's just that's just part of the process. I mean, it's, from what I was talking to the crew, it's quite regular. They'll film stuff that never sees a light of day. Yeah. You know, the stuff that, that just changed. They filmed it, they looked at it and gone, yeah, it might have worked on paper, but it doesn't work on on the screen. So yeah. we'll get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, um, but yeah, there were some changes I was aware of. And, you know, when they kept, sort the the Liverpool shoot was one of the biggest things because they knew they had to go to Liverpool to make the story work for Dan. Yeah. But they were still in restrictions. And then as soon as restrictions lifted, all of a sudden it was like, right, we're going to Liverpool. Yeah. It's like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? Oh we gotta go up so you gotta get there for this day and then you're gonna be shooting this night and then so you know, I I did a I, I did a full day at work, jumped in the car, drove to Liverpool, stayed in the hotel, woke up the next day, um, was there in Liverpool all day and actually I ended up doing my normal day job in the hotel, <laughs> waiting for <laughs> my shoot in the evening, went and did my shoot in the evening and then the next morning got up and then travelled home Yeah. and then went back to work. <laughs> yeah. It's it quite was like That was my week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was hectic, but it was definitely worth it. I mean, at the time, I probably would have told you otherwise, I was I was really tired some weeks because yeah. i like, you know, you'd have to go and have a COVID test and then come back. And then, you know, I was doing a full-time job and then there was occasional shoots at night or I've got to go for a costume fit. And it was just like, it just, weeks got bigger and longer. And, you know, but, you know, yeah. it worked out in the end. It was all good. It was all good.
0: How was um, sort of... Is it, is it quite restricting being in a passenger costume then? But, like, I imagine you're they're quite limited. You can't... Because passengers doesn't talk and we can't really... We don't see your face. So a lot of the emotions we get through him, though they are limited, are, you know, they're empowering, but they're, they're just physical, really. There's no verbal.
1: And, and passengers, passengers' role, from what I got sold it, changed... From me taking the role to it, me getting the set. Okay. So originally, and it, it, there's still some elements to it, you know, he was sold to me as he's a thug, he's a protector, he looks after these other two. He's like, you know, if they're the brains, he's the muscle kind yeah. of job. And then <clears throat> I got to set the first day, and it was like, it was quite obvious that there was more to passenger than that because passenger was like there for whatever was going on with the Maury. Um, And then, by the time I went and filmed the parts for episode three, it became really more apparent that Passenger wasn't a person. He's not not a guy that they've been mates with and had a gang with. He's this form. So I kind of, and I think the directors took that on board as well. That you know, there's not a lot of movement anyway, luckily, Um, because my visual impairment in that mask is pretty severe. so it was more about like, it's just being present. And I think there's something slightly more sinister about I I kind of went for the, because the Pyramids from Mars is one of my favorite Doctor Who stories. I kind of went <laughs> for the standing still and not moving looks more sinister than, you know, flailing yeah. my arms about, you know, and little gestures was slightly, like slightly more, I would have thought made more sense than, mm. you know, like the bits where a passenger opens up and these energy bursts. Yeah, instead of like flinging my arms out it was more of kind of just kind of do a you know yeah. a jiggle as I called it but <laughs> you know it was um, it was more about that yeah, like so it was the costume wasn't restrictive The, the it, you know the jacket was made custom for me it's really nice I wanted to keep it for me, for, for weddings and stuff like that <laughs> but it wouldn't let me <clears throat> Um, that was all that was, that was just a normal jacket I just had a t-shirt on underneath the trousers the shoes but the it was the the hood and the, the helmet thing so like the the only way to describe it is it's got like um like a collar that comes yeah. right up here and, those, and zips right over the back of your head and then you've got the mask on which has got like six rubber straps clinging to your head like mm. that and then you got this hood which velcro's in around the mask <laughs> and has wires to pull it down so your entire head is encased in like fabric and plastic. Um, it wasn't, I couldn't breathe in there, but you're breathing and it gets quite hot. So yeah. was, that was the restrictive thing. It was like, it's quite uncomfortable. It, it like I've said before, in Liverpool, it was fine. Liverpool was great because it was freezing. So I was <laughs> quite toasty warm inside that thing. But yeah. on set, it was a bit more like, you yeah. know. And um, yeah, a bit sweaty. They had to put some blue roll around my head. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't always look attractive underneath. I had like, bits of <laughs> tissue stuck on me when I came <laughs> out and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't think I was ever in it for any longer than like ten, fifteen minutes. I think i yeah. like the max. Yeah. So um, you know, that was a bonus. But uh, was you were able to keep price it? price to pay.
0: Yeah. Was you were able to get your hands on anything? Any little keepsakes from the set? Or I wish.
1: <laughs> There's so many goodies around. So many goodies. Um, I got to hold one of the sonic screwdrivers. Oh, very so nice. That was that was that was kind of cool, and it was unbelievable how how heavy they are. Are I mean, they? The Jody's are really heavy. Yeah, really heavy. I mean, you know, I was quite I was quite shocked. Sure. I thought it'd be like a little lightweight plastic. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's, it's proper. It's proper metal with a motor inside it. And oh wow! Um, I got my hands on um, Jacob Anderson's gun as well for a bit, <laughs> as well as Vinder's gun. And I was like, oh, that's quite weighty. And he's like, Is that like a real weight for a gun? And I was like, Yeah, from memory that feels about right. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've shot a couple in my time and that's yeah, that's pretty FD. Um but no, I c I didn't get over it. I a bit rude, isn't it, really? You know, nicking some of I mean it would have been great to like take some of it away and go, Yeah. I know some of the I, I know some of the crew apparently um took home pieces of the TARDIS the other week?
0: I have heard this, yeah, we spoke about it, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you got the chance, um, you
0: would, you totally would, wouldn't
1: you? <laughs> totally, you totally would. And it's just a couple of them have, like, because I, I follow a few um, through different social medias, a couple of them have posted, like, pictures, like, where do I hang this? <laughs> you know, like, a piece of, yeah, the honeycomb stuff. And it's like, oh, I wish I'd been there for that day. That would yeah. be cool. But... um. No, but it was all—it's all well under wraps as well. You know, their props master—he—he he knows his stuff. He knows where everything is. So you, oh, ain't, you ain't getting away with nothing. <laughs> Trust me. No way. No way.
0: <laughs> uh, um, we spoke about it just briefly. Like uh, passenger sort of saves the day at the end, really, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah. told me. No one <laughs> told me that. That was a uh, so. <sighs> I kind of only ever knew what I was filming on the day. It was only ever like, you know, I'd get a couple of sides, um, which are the smallest printed scripts I think you've ever seen. I mean, yeah. like, you know, they're like a, A5 a and they're just tiny. Um, and it was always like, passenger stands here. yeah. Passenger does this. Passenger walks across the room, right? Okay, I can do that. And then there was this <laughs> one that was like, passenger is floating in space. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so um, I went to film this this shot. And, and so the day I filmed the first passenger um, part was when um, it was just me, Jodie and the TARDIS. Mm. And that's when Jodie does the bit where she comes out and talks to passengers. Like, you just left here, you know. You've got waiting for an order that's never going to happen. And um, it sounds quite daft, but I was quite intimidating because it's just a green screen the TARDIS, Jodie and me, mm. and Jody was like really close to me walking around, just basically like doing her lines, but I, I couldn't move, I couldn't react, I couldn't, I couldn't nothing, I just had to stand there, and that's quite hard when someone's like basically, you know, you're going to, you, you're useless, you are, you yeah. know, big love for form, <laughs> um, so it was kind of like, oh god, this is, this is odd, um, and then we'd done that bit, and then they moved everything out, and it was like, right, passengers got a floating space. So they did this this bit of me. They did a load of shots of me just on my own for other things. And then they did the one where I was floating, mm-hmm. and I was basically on, like, this bench thing, sort of, like, sat on it, but just sort of, like, rocking with my arms and stuff. And, yeah. And we did about five or six of them, and um, they were like, great, fantastic, brilliant. And then they did my golden rap and they were like, That's it. Thanks very much. That's Johnny's last scene. Yay. Big yeah. crew all get excited. Everyone says congratulations, well done, you know. And it's quite a nice ending to what you've done. Hmm. I thought, oh well, that's it then. Um <laughs> about four weeks later I get a phone call. I need you back. Like, what? <laughs> Why? Um, we've got to do some more of that end. I was like, Oh, okay. So i turned up and I said, What what am I shooting? because there was no sides, there was no there was nothing, it was just me um in this trailer and, and they said all right, well, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna put you on wires. I was like, okay. <laughs> this is I'm so I'm seven foot two, but I am terrible <laughs> with heights, right? I don't like heights. I don't like getting on step ladders or tables and stuff. I'm not so bad in planes, solid surfaces high up, like you know, rock faces, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. We've just got a little bit of a wobble. Yeah man I'm done. <laughs> um <laughs> and um so the the the, the, um, the rigging guys come in like right we're gonna put you in this harness and they put me in this webbing harness underneath my trousers which is near my is this giant webbing nappy which cuts in all <laughs> the wrong places yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's strapped so tight I mean like I thought my hips were gonna crush and um and then they basically sewed the trousers back onto me and then. <laughs> put the jacket on me and, and made the holes for the for the ropes and then um went out into the set and we're like, right, what we're gonna do is we've got to counterweight and we're gonna hook you up and then we're gonna pull you down. And I went, Oh, okay. How many people you gotta pull me down? And he went, Why? So I'm twenty seven stone. I'm just afraid them two lads ain't gonna be able to do it on their own He went, No, no. It's all right. So we counterweighted it, it's all right. And then we did a couple of test runs where they just like hooked me up in the air and it was it was the weirdest feeling because it's yeah. just like all around your mouth. It just it just feels odd. Anyway, so we did a take, and basically they made me do the whole you know, but like eight foot up. But might not been eight foot, up but it felt like I was eight foot up. Yeah, I'm doing the whole bit, and then um, but the way they described me was, I said, "What what's passenger doing?" They went, "He's in space. He's floating there, and he's going to do the energy burst out of his chest again." And I went, Oh, Okay, so that's what I did. Cause that's hmm. what I've done on all the other shots. Um, oh, they got the shot they wanted. They hoisted me down. Got another golden round of applause. Well done. That's Johnny's last day on set again. <laughs> take two. And, um, <laughs> and off I went. So all I thought the ending for me was going to be in, in flux was me destroying something with my you know prison energy. I didn't know I was going to. Sucking the flux. Yeah. That was totally new. Um and last night we were sat watching it, um, the family, and everyone was sat there and then everyone went, oh, You saved you saved the universe. And I was like, Did I? <laughs> okay. And then and then the other bit that got me was hang on, they've just left me floating in space. they yeah. pulled pull me back in the tARDIS. they don't give me a pattern. I was just hovering there. As the screen wipe went, like what happened to passenger? They just left him out yeah. in the void. <laughs> so, um, yeah, didn't didn't know I was doing that. I kind of proud of the fact that I got picked to do that, but um, yeah, didn't see it coming.
0: Yeah, no, cool. So, I saw uh, I saw a lot of live where it was like uh, the the possibilities of what they opened up with that character. You know, there's definitely I hope fingers crossed that there's room for you know other passengers. You know, different entities of him to uh, hopefully we'll see him again. I'd
1: like to think that he, he's gonna a passenger form is going to reappear at some point. Yeah. They were talking last night on the tw- on the Twitter live thing on the Twitter space about um, accessorising passengers for your own, mm-hmm. like, you know. So, like, people started posting pictures last night of accessorised passengers it was like, oh my God, it's going to get ridiculous. This. Luckily, <laughs> it didn't get much further than a couple of pictures, but um, I, think there's, I think there's space for another passenger form and who, at some point, yeah, yeah. other things have reoccurred, but, you know, so... Maybe, who knows? I did tell them I'd go back and do whatever they wanted, you know. Yeah. And that, whether that's a passenger or some, you know, gunk covered creature or whatever, yeah. I'm, I'll go back and give anything a shot. So, awesome.
0: um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, there you have it, guys. That's my interview with Johnny Mavers. What an absolute legend. Thank you so much, Johnny, for um, joining me on the show. Massively appreciated it. You gave me far too much of your time. Um, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you've liked what you've heard today, please do subscribe. Um, We're so close to 1,000 subscribers. And I'm telling you now that when we hit 1,000 subscribers, we have an amazing opportunity for so many Dot2 fans. You are going to love it. You You are going to want to be involved in it, I promise you. It's such a shame that I am involved with this, otherwise I would be entering. So stick around, subscribe, go and watch some other videos, make yourself at home, and hopefully we'll see you again soon.